I am Allison Lee, and you are listening to CraftCast. And on today's show, I'll be talking to head spy Jesse Olson from CakeSpy.com, as well as some books to review and some music to listen to. So let's get started. Show number 157. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh-oh. I'm gonna dig within myself, uh-oh. Life may be never what you think But I think I'll just go with it And create something new Just get yourself right into your chair Come on, listen, you can learn To create something new It starts inside you Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, your host here at the Craftcast Studio, back for another week. Oh, great stuff to share with you today, and uh, a fun guest you're going to enjoy. Uh, I'm warning you right now, you might want to get a baked item. Uh, cupcake, my favorite, with some sprinkles. Just saying, that'll be coming up soon. Uh, but before we get to Ms. Jesse Olson, uh, I have a book I want to share with all of you. You know I love sharing a, a good crafting book, uh, a good book in general. And this is one of them. Uh, today's book is called uh, Crochet Masterclass by Jean Lienhauser and Rita Weiss. Here's why I love it. Um, I'm not a fan of a lot of crochet books because they might be items I just not interested in making and it's all patterns. This is, I don't know how many masters are involved here. Let me see if it says on the front. Uh, today's top crocheters, there's a lot of people in here uh, that give you their best uh, work. Some of them give patterns, ideas. Uh, I'll tell you what I loved. I turned to a page uh, in the back because I always open the books from the back. And it's Irish Crochet with Maria Trinor, if I'm saying her name right. And well, for me, first of all, the Irish ice is beautiful, and heck no, there's no way I'm even going to give it a try, but it does make me remember my grandmother, Nora McCoy, my nana. Uh, she did this kind of work, and, you know, it, it takes a special, a special soul to be able to do it, uh, and it definitely has that Irish look, so anyway. That I loved. I also loved if you always wanted to try and crochet but said, oh, no, I'll never be able to follow a pattern, you will be inspired by someone in the book, Prudence Mapstone, uh, who got well-known for freeform crochet. I fell in love with crochet because of her and freeform, which is just like it says. You just, you know, have all your favorite yarns and materials and different size needles, and you just go wild. So... Not for everyone, but I certainly enjoy it. So she's in the book, as well as another beautiful thing to look at, Hairpin Lace with Jennifer Hansen. Again, I won't be trying it, but I sure enjoy looking uh, at what someone else does and, and learning it and learning some history behind it, all of that. So there you go. Name of the book, Crochet Masterclass, beautifully done, uh, who is the publisher uh, Pottercraft. Love Pottercraft. Uh, and again, you can get the link over at the Craftcast site if you want to uh, get that book through Amazon. Okay, so today, yes, I talked to Jesse Olson, the head spy at cakespy.com. Uh, I love her tagline, seeking sweetness in everyday life. Sounds good to me. 
Uh, if you follow my blog at craftcast.com, you know that I, let's see, this week I wrote about candy, uh, penny candy, love the candy. So also love the sweets. So I, um, I like to talk to the people who I'm interested in what they do. So you're going to enjoy what you had to say. And before we, uh, listen to Ms. Olson, I have, this guy's cute, Chris Ayer, Check out his website again. Come over to mine and you can see the link. Uh, what a cutie. We have a piece of music from him today called Commonplace by Chris Ayer. So enjoy that and then come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Jessie Olson.
Okay, well, I am excited. I'm excited today because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics uh, that's not jewelry, for a change here, but sugar uh, and all kinds of sweet treats. I'm excited to talk to my next guest, Ms. Jessie Olson. She has a site called cakespy.com. I'm going to read a little something from that site. Uh, she says, it's a dessert detective agency mm-hmm. dedicated to seeking sweetness literally in everyday life. We do this by writing about bakeries, conducting baking experiments, and picking the brains of bakers and food artists and finding awesome products for lovers of baked goods. I say sign me up, Jesse. That sounds really good. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> uh, and thank you for coming on the show. So I want to know, have you been your whole life into baking and sugar and things? Well, if you believe my mother, who I think is a pretty trustworthy source, okay. my first word, aside from, you know, mama and papa, was actually chocolate. True story. So if that sets the tone it. for the rest of my life, then I, I feel as if this is appropriate. I lo- Do you remember loving chocolate when you were little? I do. Who doesn't? I don't know. I don't think chocolate was in my early, early time. I think it was later on in life I discovered chocolate. Well, Hostess Cupcakes came along and I discovered it. But I do know mothers are right. When a child comes up with a word or something in the very beginning, it's usually going to stick with them for a long time. Mm -hmm. So now, chocolate, did that become your passion? Well... Although my early passion was for chocolate, and, and certainly I've, I've never lost a passion for it, I'd say that um, if, if push comes to shove, my true weakness is probably butter and um, all of the delicious things that, you know, uh, that goes into. For instance, buttercream, um, <laughs> crumble toppings, um, and cakes of all sorts. I love a woman who ad- who admits to the love of butter. Oh, you don't even know. Really? How many sticks are in your in your freezer or refrigerator right now? Um, probably about sixteen. <laughs> I actually. Um, so true story. When I got a book deal, I thought to myself. I really need to do something nice for myself. You know, I wanted to treat myself, and I was like, "Well, what?" What, what in the world do I really, deeply, truly want? Right. And the first thing that occurred to me was hot chocolate. Now, this was easily taken care of. But the big one, the one that I really wanted to treat myself to, was a tour of a butter factory. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and? And my goodness, it was just as magical as what I would have dreamed. Um, I quickly became BFFs with uh, Jeff, the butterfat testing technician. Of course. And, um, you know, totally geeked out about butterfat contents in U.S. versus European butters. And um, believe it or not, this fellow had a mural in his office of, um, you know, um, good bacteria <laughs> having a spaceship battle. <laughs> uh-huh. So it pretty much lived up to my um, Wonka-esque dreams, but in dairy form. I love it. And I bet you have a brand of butter that you're passionate about, too. You know, I, I have a few. 
I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, I mean, do you go so far as, I love people when they're passionate about something. Do you go so far as order a particular butter online or can you get your butter at a local source? Luckily, living in an urban area, you can usually, especially in such a foodie town, I live in Seattle, right, um, right, right. you can always go to one of the gourmet grocery stores and get like the fancy French or Irish butter. Oh my God, I never even heard of Irish butter. Oh my God! Really? They're um, they're probably they average about five percent more butter fat than the typical American butter. Now, isn't which, that supposed to be a bad thing? Uh, not necessarily. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, like if if we're talking about you know cholesterol, uh, future heart attack, right? Stuff, maybe, <laughs> but you know, if we're talking about deliciousness, okay, then, got it. And <laughs> this is a very good thing. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Irish butter. I'm going to have to look into You know, I'm, I'm going to admit this. I'm not much of a butter eater. It doesn't even occur to me. But that being said, I do love my, my sugary pastries. So, uh, and I'm sure it's because when they're really good, it's the ingredients. Well, so tell me, what is your sugary pastry weakness? Um, okay, I'll be totally blunt honest. Sometimes I go very low end and crave a Hostess cupcake. That's okay. Love those. I embrace it high and low. Me too. The other end, there is an amazing French bakery, patisserie, here in town. Uh, and I will go for a almond croissant, and he makes them like nobody's business. <gasps> Who is it? Uh, what is it? Dumas. I'll have to think of his French name. It's wonderful. Didier. Now, I don't know, I don't know his, his um, first name, but he's something special here in this little town. He makes a ridiculous amount. Oh, I know what I'll tell you that's amazing. He does, you know those little cookies that always tempt you in the window in a deli that are all sort of cute and sprinkly and colored and, and uh-huh. layered? And usually when you bite into them, for me, it's always like not so great. Big disappointment. Big disappointment. <laughs> his, every one, is a little mouth party. Oh, mon dieu. Yes. Sign me up. I'm telling you, it is scary. I have to, like, take different streets sometimes. Can't go by that bakery place, so. OMG. Yeah. No, it's, I don't say that easily. So, but let's get back. I want to know now, are you a cook, too, or do you just do the baking? I do cook, but I consider cooking, like, um... You know, a necessary kind of the, evil. Yes, yeah. and baking is where the pleasure comes for me. And why is that? Because I agree 100%. And why is that? Well, for me, and it's kind of funny because um, being an artist, you would think that the aspect of, you know, throwing things into a pan and being creative with cookery would appeal, but, you know, rather than the more scientific approach of baking. Right. But I think if I had to pinpoint it, it's the aspect of magic that comes with baking. So, you know, it's like you put things together in a bowl and you mix them. And then, you know, you have batter or dough and you put it in the oven. And then when you take it out, not, well, for one thing, you start falling in love with it already while it's baking because it makes your whole house smell good. Good point. Then when you open up the oven, it's like, you have this thing that has happened, and it's, it's kind of magic. It is magic. You're right. 
And then you get to co- put colorful little goodies and, and trinkets on top. So Yes. <laughs> I know. And it's totally acceptable for them to be pink and rainbow. I hear you. I'm getting excited for something just talking, i got to tell you. Now, what's something you never tire of making? You get re-excited every time. Let's see. Um, something that I never, ever get tired of making is sugar cookies because huh. okay. they, uh, as simple as they are, they just have so many possibilities for decoration, uh, for cutting out, and for sandwiching. And mm. um, so for me, those are definitely like just a, a wonderful palette. And have you had a certain sugar cookie recipe forever that you use as your basic? You know, I I have not. I, I grew up making one from, um, I believe it was the Betty Crocker cookie book, mm-hmm. cookie spelled C-O-O-K-Y, mm-hmm. um, with my mom. But more recently, I, I kind of fell in love with this one from uh, King Arthur Flour, which is a little bit uh, fatter and puffier of a cookie, not really a cutout one, but um, extremely delicious. Mm. Is that a, a f- type of flour? It was on the flour bag? Uh, well, King Arthur Flour is, I, it's, I think, like a flour co-op in um, Vermont, and they're just wonderful. They do, it from their, you know, uh, offices, factory studio, they also do cooking classes, and they have a wonderful cookbook. Mm, okay. Well, we'll put that on the website so people can look that oh, up. Oh, yes. Always fun to find new new and exciting things. Now, are you baking something every day? I'd say it's the exception rather than the rule if I am not. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, I am I am always baking something. Like uh, last night I made, for instance, a brownie, upside down brownie cake. And now, uh, it, in case you're wondering what a brownie upside down brownie cake is, yes. basically what you've got to do is picture a pineapple upside down cake and okay. then replace pineapple with brownie and then replace cake with brownie. And now you're getting the idea. All brownie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, now, do you, I, I wish we lived closer. You'd be a great neighbor to have, I can tell already, because we oh, could yeah. you'd be able to smell. Now, do you um, consume large amounts of your own baked goods? <laughs> I consume large amounts of baked goods, but I will tell you the absolute truth. My firm belief is that they always taste better when someone else makes them. Um, I agree which, with that. I agree. I don't know why that is, but I agree. Yeah, well, I, I've been talking about, I was talking about this with my mother, um, because I, I think that I make, you know, some some pretty good quality stuff, if I do say so myself. But I think the thing is, um, when you are baking something, it's like you've already had this full sensory experience. Mm-hmm. You've touched it, you've smelled it, you've, um, you know, just kind of lived with it through the whole process. So by the time it's done, it's, um, you know, I don't want to say that it's like beside the point, but it's almost like, you know, now it's time to share what you've created yeah. with the world, yeah. you know. And I feel that way about um, doing artwork, too, sometimes. Right. You well, know, it's, it's the like process. You're ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. It's always hard to look at your own work, don't you think? It's easier to put it away for a day, actually, and yeah. come back to it. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. 
Never thought about that with the baking, though, but that makes sense. Well, now, who are some of your personal heroes or cookbooks that you love? Like, who do you just, like, who would you like to sit down and eat pastry with? Well, although she doesn't exist, Betty Crocker, um, Mm. the Betty Crocker cookie book, if you can find, you know, online a first edition one, um, Uh from the 1960s when it was first published. Yeah. It is just, I think... Genius. The best cookie book. Um, and why? And it, uh, well, for one thing, it's just got a good base of solid recipes, but it's got these delicious little head notes that just kill me. Like, um, you know, uh, Eunice B. Hall makes these dainty tea cookies for her bridge club. Oh, yeah, I love you it. Know? Uh-huh, and they're right. just so funny. And so I, I just treasure this book. Um, but Betty Crocker, sadly, is not a real person. No. Although I have heard that they keep tissues on hand at the General Mills test kitchen for when people come and expect to meet Betty. Which <laughs> <laughs> ah! just kills me. Um, but as for, you know, um, um, present-day real-life bakers, I, I would have to say the ones that come to mind are... Um, Matt and Renato of Baked in Brooklyn. Okay, we're going to um, put these on the website, so let's remember these. Okay, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have two wonderful books, and these are just probably the best baking recipe books that have come out in the past five years, I'd mm, say. Okay. Um, great recipes, and something that really appeals to me about their work is that they are not, um, they're not too precious about it. Like, I, I, as much as I love um, cupcakes, I feel like a lot of cupcake shops have come to make too much of an accent on being cute mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. sacrifice, um, you know, what it's all really about, mm-hmm. which is good cake. Mm-hmm. And with baked, I feel like they never fall into that, that they're, they're stylish, but they never lose sight of the quality. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So that's and your... they're adorable. Mm, okay. That sounds Which good. never hurts. <laughs> and you can mail order these, or are we just being tempted? And you, um, so their books, you know, are, are online. Okay. Um, you can mail order their brownies, I believe, and a few of the, you know, items that keep a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they also actually just came out with a line of mixes through Williams-Sonoma, mm. which are um, really quite good. Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. Now, say, is it back in the Betty um, Crocker cookbook days, we don't, you know, I was just thinking, we never see shortening anymore in, in recipes, right? That's been eliminated, right? Well, or is it pop yes up? and no. There, there are certain instances where you will see it pop up. Like, um, uh, for instance, I, I, there's a lot of interest in pie right now. Okay. Um, that's you know, kind of people are becoming more interested in baking pies at home or becoming reinterested, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I think that shortening is a good trick for people who are first learning how to make pie crust because it's a little bit easier to handle. Mm, Um, 
you know, while many will swear by an all-butter crust, um, shortening does, can add something to pie crust, I think, in the right instance. But also, um, there, not long ago, there was kind of a, a resurgence in interest for um, homemade, like, Oreos and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to make the right consistency of cream, C-R-E-M-E, right. um, you just have to use shortening. Okay. Um, okay. But so I think that while shortening still has a place, um, it's more often used, like, with half butter or, um, you know, kind of used sparingly. Right. I just remember baking when I was little, and you always had to have that big blue can of shortening, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that sort of interesting white-looking stuff. I just, yeah. I haven't seen that for a while. Well, now, are you a fan of, I will admit, to being a viewer, a follower of Cupcake Wars? Do you watch that? You know, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to admit I've never seen it. <gasps> I haven't. <laughs> I think it's, you know... The, Cupcakes, well, you know this. I mean, I love how cupcakes have exploded onto the... Yeah. I mean, specialty cupcakes. I mean, cupcakes to me are one of the happiest, fun pastry items that's ever been oh, made. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So do you, are, do you play around with... Do you have a favorite cupcake or are you into the whole cupcake thing? I like what you said before about not precious. I sort of agree with that. Yeah. I, well, I love cupcakes. I mean, the little mascot for my site is a cupcake. To me, right. they're just um, such a wonderful symbol of something small and sweet and not necessary, but um, just kind of a, a nice little icing on the cake type of thing in life, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I, I sure do love to eat them. Yeah. Um, for me, I've, I've got to say that while I love and have very much enjoyed a lot of creative cupcakes, my, my favorite is still, um, you know, just always going to be the, um, you know, vanilla cake, um, with vanilla frosting. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to go get a cupcake when we're done. I'm just saying that right oh, now. Oh, where will you go get it? I was, you know, I'm listening to you. I'll be honest. I was thinking, where can I go get a cupcake? There is a place in town, and they do cupcakes that are, um, I think it's called Mimi's. I forget what she calls it. Uh, and they do an assortment of great cupcakes that are the not precious kind, but homemade and fabulous. Mm. And they do a hostess cupcake knockoff, I'm just saying. Oh, a hostess? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, let's talk tools in the kitchen. What are your favorite must-have kitchen tool? Well, um, a stand mixer for for one thing. Okay. Um, I'm I'm actually like not much of a fan of like single-use gadgets. So there are a lot of gadgets around, but. In general, I, I feel like I'm kind of a purist. One thing is that as a very prolific baker, um, my one great kitchen indulgence is that I have two stand mixers. Yeah. Um, because that way I can make frosting and cake at the same time. Girl, you got a lot of butter. You need two mixers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and, but other than that, let's see. I, um, I'm just a huge fan of having really good baking pans, you know, get yourself a really nice pie plate. And, um, what makes a, it good? You know, something, um, 
like I use these Emil Henry ones. Okay. Um, which are just great because they can withstand very high and very low temperatures. Okay. So, for instance, if you're making, um, if you're blind baking a pie crust and, you know, you, you want to chill it before putting in a filling, um, then you can take it straight from the oven and put it right in the freezer and, you know, it's not going to crack, mm-hmm. which is a nice little luxury. And mm-hmm. they just... Um, have a really satisfying feel to them. Mm-hmm. Like I like a nice baking pan that has a satisfying heft to it. Oh yeah, got it. Oh, that sounds good. Now, do you use the um, Silpat? I do. You do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Okay. All right. So you do use those. You're not buttering the pan still. Um, with some items, but um, you know, like for instance, uh, with bar cookies that go in a Pyrex pan. I'll, um, okay you know, butter and parchment paper it. Mm, I remember, you know, one of the ones, I first ones I ever made of those, remember the ones, they were called like idiot cookies because they didn't cook or something. You know, you just put condensed. Like a no-bake? Yeah, condensed sweet milk with coconut, with chocolate chips, with butterscotch chips. Oh, magic cookie bars, sometimes called Hello Dollies. There you, those were like, I think we learned those in Girl Scouts or something. Dude, those are. Crazy. Those are one of my true passions. (laughs) Dude, you know what? There's a place here in Seattle, this custard place, where um, they have, like, they just do vanilla chocolate and then one flavor of the day. Nice. And every now and again, they make magic cookie bar custard. Can't even imagine. Heaven. Awesome overload. I love that. Yeah, I remember those were good bars. Those were very good cookies. It was that sweet condensed milk thing. Yes. I guarantee that they would still be good if you made them today. I think you're right. I'll have to pull out that recipe. Well, now, what's some of your... I believe that out of the worst disasters, my sister-in-law was a pastry chef in Manhattan. She would tell me out of the worst disasters can become the new fabulous creation. Do you have some memorable disasters turn success or just ended up in the garbage can, didn't come out at all? Oh, gosh. Well, I've done a lot of experiment baking and... um, you know, like there's a lot of experimentation with sweet and savory these days. Yes, like, um, bacon and everything. Bacon, <laughs> yeah. So I thought to myself, what if I tried macaroni and cheese cookies? Oh, Lord. Oh, they were terrible. Was this late at they night? Were, like, <laughs> they were just bad. Um, <laughs> but I do have kind of a little secret that I pull out. If I have like a cake that falls or, um, you know, if I add like something that I, which is going to sound funny with my butter obsession is, um, sometimes I will accidentally double the butter in a recipe. Why am I not surprised? Uh (laughs) Um, you know, which, you know, if you're making cookies just gives you like a puddle. Um, but the, the thing that I have found is that um, if you have a cake that falls or uh, cookies that spread too much, they're, they're often still delicious. So um, my mentality toward these things is um, make it in a shake. Basically, anything that doesn't look good, if you put it in a milkshake, will probably be delicious. <laughs> that, I like that. That's a good outlook on life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. It doesn't look good. Make it into a shake. That's sort of perfect. And then just serve yeah. a great milkshake. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, well, 
if, if people don't know this or are new to baking, baking is really a science. It's not like just throw a little bit here, a little bit there. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to know your ratios. Are, do you have those sort of built into your psyche at this point? So you can Oh, my goodness, no. Oh. <laughs> I, well, um, I don't know, maybe. Maybe like, um, you know, I, I think that I do often find that I know more than I think I do. Could you or, go on you know, to um, uh, one of the chef shows and when they say, okay, make a wedding cake, here you go, and you have no piece of paper with anything written down? Yeah, I, I just don't know if I could yeah. do that. I, I mean, I feel, I feel fairly um, confident in my baking abilities, but I consider myself, I very much consider myself an at-home baker. Um, you know, like, uh, not a commercial or, right. okay. um, you know, professional okay. baker. Right. Did you always do the, um, birthday cakes for everyone in your family? Are you the official birthday cake maker? Well, my mother was, oh, um, okay. and now, you know, my family's on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. So I certainly do bake whenever I go home, but, um, I, I would say that, Maybe if I lived there, I would be taking over the throne, but my mother is, She's in is charge. kind of the the grand dame of cakery. I love still. it. I love it. Well, let's just talk a little bit before we finish up about your book that's coming out in the oh, fall. Let's. Cake Spy Presents Sweet Treats for a Sugar-Filled Life. I love that's a pretty radical title when you think about it, a sugar-filled life. It is pretty <laughs> radical and I mean, it does have a unicorn on the cover. Well, there you go. Um, as well as many other sweet treats. But um, yes, this this book is. Um, I I just can't be modest about it. It's awesome overload. Mm. It's got. What would be um, the first thing you recommend? As soon as I get the book, what's the first thing I make? Well, the my personal favorite. I think this is like. Um, you know how I said I am usually quite good at just having, you know, one serving or a, a yeah. small bit of my own baked goods? Yeah. So there is one that I actually ate just about the whole thing. Okay. And um, <laughs> not in one sitting, <laughs> but it is called Behemoth Crumb Cake. And now, being from the East Coast, um, something that I miss is crumb cake that, that right. you know, kind you of, you get it at delis and coffee shops Mm -hmm. and it's about um you know generally a good ratio for me is two-thirds crumb to one-third cake i hear you um and i love that brown sugar crumb but i thought to myself if some is good then more must be better absolutely so i took a classic crumb cake recipe and tripled the crumb part and halved the cake part and it is so delicious Uh, (sighs) Okay, like, I'm, I'm breathing it in for a moment. I'm just taking it in, actually, the thought. <laughs> it's got, gosh, I, um, it's got about seven sticks of butter in this recipe. <laughs> um, and, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, well, I'm, I, I'm there. I'm there. I promise that'll be the first thing. I'll give it a try. I'll save my seven sticks. I'll save up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll save up my butter. Well, Ms. Jessie, I knew it would be fun talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, too. Oh, good. Well, everyone, it's Ms. Jessie Olson. And check out her website, cakespy.com, uh, and you can enjoy more 
of sugary, a sugary treat life. Thank you again, and I look forward to seeing your book. Thank you. Take care. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that. And you're all thinking about, I know I am. I listened to it again. I need another cupcake is all I can say with a little bit of sprinkles. Those chocolate sprinkles just get to me. I think it's a summertime thing. So <laughs> a big shout out thank you to Ms. Jessie Olson for coming on from kickspy.com. As well as a big thank you to Mr. Chris Eyre singing his song Commonplace. And you can get the links to everything that we talked about and books and things over at the www.craftcast.com site. Make it easy. One little click the link right here. Find out all the information. So the last thing I wanted to share with you today is, you know, I love quotes. A good quote can change my day. So I love sharing those with all of you out there listening in. And uh, here's a great quote that I want to share with you today. You cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created it. (laughs) Oh, yes, by Mr. Albert Einstein. And he knew quite a bit about the mind. So there you go. I love that. I love that. You cannot solve the problem with the same mind that created it. Gave me pause for thought. So there you go. Uh, Come on over to the craftcast.com site where you can get all kinds of great crafting recordings that you can download right away to your desktop. So when you have the mood in the middle of the night, you know what? I always wanted to make polymer clay beach pebbles. I'm saying this because I know myself. You can go on the computer and come on over and uh, purchase a class and download it. Start learning right away. So there you go. Lots of fun for the summertime. And then coming soon in the fall, a whole new lineup of great classes, live classes. I'm excited to be offering that. So until we meet again, you know what I have to say. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen. You can learn to create something new. It starts inside